Hello and welcome. Is your business your mission and your mission your business? If yes, you found your tribe. Whether you feel like it or not, you are avant-garde, going your own way, making your own path, doing it like no one has done before. And the answers to the challenges you're facing aren't in a book. My friend, you are not alone. This is the Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Bailey, a mission-minded serial entrepreneur and traveler. My purpose on this earth is to use my authenticity and passion to equip and empower social entrepreneurs to live in their highest calling, feeling freedom, fulfillment, and security, and inspiring others to do the same. Join me for stories, tips, and tricks for taking avant-garde inspired action in your business so that you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. I believe it doesn't have to be hard to be right. Welcome to episode 16 of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I am so glad you're here today. I sincerely hope you enjoyed our first few episodes where we had interviews. Episode 10 was our very first guest, Douglas Smith from Uganda, and episode 11 was with Kayla Kuntz in Thailand and Myanmar. Today, we have another interview with a very special social entrepreneur, and we are going back to Africa for this one. This time, we're going to Liberia. We're chatting with a newer social entrepreneur, Stephen Ben. Stephen is young in age, but very old in spirit. You might say that he is wise beyond his years. He's in the arena, meaning he's in the fight. He's in there in the middle of it with little glory at this point, but he is doing it. He is making a difference in the lives of school-age children, giving them opportunities to learn that they would never have otherwise. You know, as social entrepreneurs, we have so much to learn from each other at all stages. And yes, it's wonderful to hear of the experiences of social entrepreneurs who have quote-unquote made it. Although I think we can agree (laughs) that when you're the person, you rarely feel like you've made it. It's equally important to hear from changemakers who are in the beginning stages. And I know we have some listeners who love the idea of having a social enterprise, but have no idea where to get started. And I think all of you know that my social enterprise specialization is in those that provide job training and opportunities to help people lift themselves from poverty. And what works in one town might not work in the next. So it's very much a process of trial and error. And though techniques might not transfer, mindset can transfer. The mindset of the leaders who stick with it is what lifts a social enterprise off the ground and keeps it going. Today, we are going to learn firsthand about sticking with it and the mindset that's involved from a very special friend, Stephen Ben. I met Stephen last year at the Social Enterprise World Forum, and I mentioned him in episode nine. Since then, we stayed in touch on LinkedIn and by email. Stephen is from Painesville, Liberia, which is a suburb of the capital of Monrovia. And like many of us, he is juggling a lot. He's the public relations director of Impact Africa and is also the founder and executive director of Wonder Liberia. 
On top of that, he's also a student at the University of Liberia studying economics with an emphasis in mathematics. And in addition to social enterprise and university, Stephen is also a climate change activist and was selected as the ambassador to Liberia for the HEY Hey campaign for 2023. What I'm most honored about is that Stephen is a founding member of my Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Foundations program, and I could not be more excited to introduce him to all of you today. So Stephen, thank you so much for being with us. I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was wonderful. I mean, yeah, you uh, did the intro just exactly. And oh. That's wonderful. Well, thank you. You're the one that's done all the work. I basically just gave a a short bio of your life. (laughs) So what you're doing is incredible, Stephen. So tell us about your social enterprise, Wonder Liberia. All right. So back then in 2021, and passionately curious about us being part of uh, the change that we all hope to see in our world. Mm-hmm. And uh, being passionate enough, I uh, joined with uh, a registered nonprofit organization that was solving problems that most of the compatriots of my country face. Yeah, mm-hmm. my country, Liberia. Yeah. Why? On that, I noticed that we have lots and lots more problems that we need not to wait on government. Address, but if we can join the motion to impact change, mm-hmm. I begin from that. I've been from the unserved communities. I have noticed that more people are surviving on the teacher or skills. Hence, there are limited jobs available country wise. Mm-hmm. So people are where buried are surviving because there are no or there are no or limited jobs available. Country wide. And then with that, yes, there is also no finance for them to uh, get themselves enrolled into some uh, skills or career training programs. Yeah. And uh, that's how the thought of Wonder Liberia came about. At first, we started with the new one, Liberia, but then doing some uh, research. And so uh, the new one, one Liberia had already exists, so we couldn't move forward with it. So then we uh, decided to go forward with the new one, Liberia. So we thought to create access to free skills or career training programs for people to go to and learn, and then uh, that they can create a job or mini business of their own. But then on the other hand, there are institutions running these programs, these uh, career and training programs, but then it was all at a very high price. And more people that couldn't uh, afford these prices fell left out. Mm. Fell left out. So we're not a barrier in order to create an opportunity to help people lift themselves uh, out of poverty, choose skills and uh, career development programs, and also access to quality education for underserved Liberia, like myself. Wow. So almost over three months, we are barely getting one of Liberia off the ground because it was easy to speak rainbows and sunshines, but then 
I taking the baby step was more like the other thing. So Wona Labrio still been an idea, just an idea, until I met this amazing lady who helped me uh, reshape and redefine some things. She asked me two questions that really got me in a line and we awakened my spirit and the queen fired in me and uh, got me on my toes to set up a team and start taking action. We had meetings upon meetings, figuring out how to implement these programs with regards to the high cost of materials and all of that. Mm-hmm. Over the year, we managed to distribute books to students and have mental health conversation between the stress and stigma posed by the COVID-19 pandemic. Also, we provided a platform where schooling kids can learn, share, create, have fun, and connect with their peers during their after-school hours. Wow. So wow, Stephen, that's amazing. It sounds like you realized that their people needed jobs and they needed job training and opportunities and the government wasn't providing it. And so you said, well, we just can't wait around for government to do this. We have to do something. And so you, you started with with these ideas and you realize that people were just barely surviving and it wasn't that they didn't want to learn, but that the programs that were available were very expensive. So they were unaffordable for people. Is that right? Yeah, sure. Yes. So, so you started designing programs and it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. (laughs) That's what you said, right? Not all sunshine and rainbows, but little by little you have, you've put your team together and then you were able to start a program for school children and you were able to distribute books and supplies. Yes. Yes. Stephen, that is wonderful. And this has all happened within just one year. Yeah. Just in one year. Just in Uh, one year. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So so you started with, you wanted to design programs for adults, but it sounds like at least for right now, you've shifted a little bit and are focusing on the children. Is that right? Yes, because we could not just sit around to wait for miracles to happen, but mm-hmm. then to start taking some little action. Yes. So you couldn't just sit around waiting for all the other pieces to come into place. You really wanted to take action. That's amazing. That is huge courage, Stephen. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. So have you come up against any challenges because you are young, because your age is young, do you think? Yeah, I come up across series of challenges mm-hmm. yeah series of challenges because i'm young but not specifically because i'm young but also because challenges comes or well, regardless of our age or not yeah it's no more yeah it's natural and no more so or uh, once you are a young person wanting to create change Though, yeah, there might be some challenges that primarily attach to the age stigma, but then 
challenges. We all expect challenges, and we know that they they really really normal. They really normal. So I imagine change as a young person why schooling is hectic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually really hectic. And moreover, honor writing, or I mean personally honor writing some of the major course that of both Wanola period and uh, my school. Yeah, also one of the challenges that has uh, been since the year and still going, but then have yeah, we don't focus specifically on the challenge because the challenge are just the testing and the short term. Yeah, so, and also, yeah, not working, like I said, there was a lot of pressures and burnt out because sometimes between the line, I feel like worried, how am I going to get this done when there's no uh, finance or there's no outside support? Yeah, there's father or uh, a lot of support coming in so many ways, like the moral support, like, uh, but then one main focal point for uh, specifically Africa and my country that we have been a uh, country that's hit highly as it related to the economic status, right? Couldn't just get some things done. And these have been some of the challenges, but then have it. We just want to keep doing what we feel, uh, uh, what we need to do because we believe it is actually very good to create an impact change for mm-hmm. people that have literally no voices of themselves. Mm-hmm. So you had challenges, but it wasn't necessarily because you were young. They were challenges that you know that challenges are normal. And you choose not necessarily to focus on the challenges, but focus on the results that come from those, correct? Yes. Yeah, sure. Yes. So some of the challenges you mentioned, and I'm going to toss these out there just so people can hear them, because I think what Stephen is saying is that, so there are some challenges that come when you are young, because especially if you're juggling university and your social enterprise, and you're also needing to have an income as well. So that is something that might happen uniquely when you're young. But I think what Stephen is also saying is that challenges are going to come at all stages, and he realizes that already. And so if we focus on not worrying too much and focus on the change that we're making, that's really what makes it worth it. Is that what I'm hearing you say, Stephen? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So if you could give one piece of advice to, let's say there's um, a new social entrepreneur out there. There's someone, because Stephen, you have a tremendous impact. I see people watching you. You're very active on LinkedIn and a lot of people know you and a lot of people watch you. So let's say there's a new social entrepreneur out there or someone who really wants to do something and they don't know maybe how to get started and they're watching you. If you could give them one piece of advice, what would that be? So I I refresh this like regardless of all that are a new social entrepreneur or will face or will be going through, him or she should always keep his or her eyes on the bigger picture mm-hmm. and not be deterred by the hollows along the way. 
as this journey of creating business for good has primarily attached challenges and a sense of loneliness. This should be mission-focused and continue to trust the progress. Giving up should never be an option. Plus, to get to where he or she wants to get, he or her will be needed some too. Like, I discipline, consistency, hard work, trust, integrity, courage, and you just name it. Yeah. Oh, Stephen, that is genius. We're going to make sure we put this in writing so that people can see this part again. What I heard Stephen say, the advice that he is giving us, it applies absolutely to new social entrepreneurs, but I think it applies to experienced social entrepreneurs and people who aren't even in social enterprise as well. It's amazing. This wisdom is just incredible, Stephen. So Stephen suggests to keep your eyes on the bigger picture. It's so easy to get derailed and to focus on the problems. And he suggests eyes on the bigger picture, stay mission focused and focus on the process. And so I think you're saying focus on the process versus the result, because if we're constantly looking for results, it can get frustrating because we don't always see results, right? Yeah. And, or if we, the results might be there, but we don't see them because we're so in the middle of it, yeah. so close to it. And then you listed lots of qualities, discipline, consistency, hard work. Yeah. That's amazing, Stephen. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Thank you very much. All right. Wow. All right. And I can say from personal experience watching you, you exhibit all of those qualities. So you absolutely practice what you preach. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So, Stephen, what you talked about some of the challenges. What would you say if you could summarize one? What would you say is your biggest challenge in in social enterprise or even in life in general with where you are one year into having your social enterprise and being a student and being a climate change activist and being a son and being a brother, <laughs> you have a lot of roles. So what is your biggest challenge? All right. So all right. personally, I would say my biggest challenge has been, honestly, has been about meeting deadlines. So meeting, meeting deadlines. deadlines has been, yeah, one of the challenges. And to access to this network, networks, yeah, of like-minded individuals who mm-hmm. can help to shift this, yeah, and just keep main and to feel uh, like not being alone, but then like uh, a community that I can reach to, like right now, the Avangar Foundation, which is an awesome community, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you're yeah. a part of it. So meeting deadlines, I think a lot of us can all feel that. And then also what you said about accessing networks and not feeling alone. It's so interesting. I find that there are a lot of people in the world, but not a lot of people have the heart that you do, Stephen. And so when you can find other people, you really do feel alone until you can find other people and other networks of people. And it's like, wow, these people actually understand me. And you can have different types of conversations than you can, let's say, even, let's say even with your parents, they 
love you and appreciate what you're doing and they know you're doing something great, but they also have other children to think about and they have their own issues and they have the responsibility of being a parent. So even though your parents may love you so much and appreciate you, they they don't necessarily understand everything the way that someone who is your age and who's out there doing it does. So yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, thank you for being so transparent about that, because I think sometimes we try not to think or talk too much about our challenges or don't want to put them out there. But it's important for us to kind of um, normalize these things and you sharing it makes it so that when other people hear it, they feel like, oh, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfectly normal. Stephen has the same challenges I do. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. All right. So let's see, what keeps you going? So when you're, as you're dealing with these challenges, what keeps you going on difficult days? So I would say difficult days. Yeah, I believe that uh, I have a natural gift of uh, staying positive amidst these hurdles and barriers. Yeah, mm. I've practiced the art of saying positive affirmations to myself almost every day. Oh. Yeah. I believe that difficult days will come, but then always as they come, our responses to them will always determine the results. Yes. And yeah, and it's it, the result that it will produce. Rather, yeah. So that's where the formula of that very lady comes in. That very lady that happy from the onset of uh, will not be like uh, the formula of the E plus R equal O. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> event plus our response to the event I determines the outcomes. Yeah. Wow. The events in our life plus our responsive, how we respond to this event. So how we're going to respond to the, the, to the difficult day that I'm going to face will determine if that day will, uh, uh, is going to keep being difficult or going to sh- and, and shift to the complete opposite. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, once I've said that, I feel so prepared for it. And whenever difficult uh, difficult days comes, I is it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I can say from experience. So what Stephen is sharing about E plus R equals O, the that is so we have our the E is our event, the O is the outcome, and the R is our response. So we can't control the events that come at us, we can't necessarily control the outcomes that come at us, but we can control our response. And I can say from watching Stephen over this past year, Stephen, you absolutely embody that because we've, as we've emailed back and forth and chatted on LinkedIn, there have been quite a few times where you could have said, this is too hard. I'm not doing it anymore. There are too many obstacles. And you didn't, you kept going. So I can tell that you really put that into place. And I can also tell that your positive affirmations that you're saying to yourself are definitely working. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I have on my refrigerator at home, we have these things, they call them post-its. They're like little squares. And I tape them to my refrigerator into my mirror so that I see the affirmations. So it reminds me of when things are getting difficult. It reminds me to say those positive things. So, so Stephen, 
So you, you have your positive affirmations that keep you going on difficult days. You also have, you know, that your response to the situation and focusing on the positive, that's what keeps you going. How do you take care of yourself as far as nourishing your, your soul and nourishing your spirit? What do you do to care for yourself inside in your heart? So uh, I say I'm a Christian uh-huh. and being a Christian, I always always refer back to the Bible as it is with, uh, no secret that the Bible is so full of insightful tools that help us build the spirits mm. and our soul. I pray and listen to music mm. and <laughs> yeah, I pray and, li- and listen to music, specifically uh, my church choir. They are very amazing. They sing, yeah. And wow. that's just Come some yeah some uh, brain out of some like a uh, feeling unrest yeah and I mean they are just wonderful and they just huge me whenever I feel broken deep down mm-hmm. yeah so some of the things I do is I pray mm-hmm. and I I sometimes read the Bible mm-hmm. read the Bible yeah as reading through the Bible I come across so many passages that I I mean they are just so uplifting yeah. <sighs> So you pray, you read the Bible because it is full of inspiration for you and for others. And then also you listen to worship music. You listen to your church choir. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. You know, there's a saying that music soothes the savage beast. And it's so true that when we find positive, uplifting music like your church choir, it's amazing how you can dealing with something that's so frustrating and you listen to it and it just lightens your heart and makes you feel so much better. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's wonderful. Let's see. So Stephen, what are you most excited about right now? What is, <laughs> what's happening that's got you super excited? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a, uh, 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 an actually wonderful question. Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited about a lot of things, lots and lots of things. But instead of field, I am grateful for the fact that we were able to move from the idea stage as an organization to the implementation stage. And the impact we have created thus far, I just so lovable and unbelievable. We never thought we could create this impact in just, I mean, 11 months of assistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's uh, uh, people that we serve and they are responsive to our activity. I mean, they are just so inspiring. They just keep us excited and we want to do more and more and more. Yeah. Oh, wow. So being able to go from the idea stage to the implementation stage in a year is, that's colossal. And that is a lot to be excited about. Wow. And then the the impact yeah. that you're having. I have seen some of the pictures of the children when they come to school, and I am amazed how many children show up. I mean, you even, you had so many more than you expected, right? Were you running out of supplies and chairs because you had so many people who came? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. We have so many people that came to, we said, the next batch, we're going to be accepting something more than uh, the amount we plan to accept this first phrase. 
So the next batch we were considering serendipity or serendipity or serendipity because mm-hmm. of the first batch response. Wow. And so you, and also I've noticed that you've expanded a little bit, actually a lot. So you're focusing on the children, but you also are putting um, some of your plans for the future include mental health programs and also menstrual hygiene programs as well? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, we're doing that. We uh, had a little shift in our focus when we noticed that we couldn't just sit and wait for miracles to happen. Yeah, because uh, the high cost of these materials to run the skills training programs for who we wanted to serve, uh, or we couldn't afford back then. So we had a meeting. And then everybody shared their challenges, their face. All of our team members shared their challenges and what they have observed within their respective communities. Yeah, because we have team members from uh, from, from the next uh, two, three communities away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they share their challenges and what they have observed. And yeah, we have to stick to our mental health, mental health and menstrual hygiene management. Like, you know, when I was back then in high school, I knew literally nothing about mental health. Honestly, there was nothing I knew about mental health. But then I joined an organization I joined when I served as the director of public relations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when we had some outreach engagement, I saw how impactful it was. I started to learn from this or programs, this training and so, yeah, this uh, team training. And I mean, it really, really amazing. I was like, wow. I've lived uh, a decade and a half plus, yeah, and I knew nothing about mental health. I mean, there are so many people outside there that knows nothing about their mental health and how to uh, uh, take care of themselves doing their mental health or, or how to maybe like uh, take care of, of themselves doing some anxiety disorder. So, yeah, and as well as the girls too, we uh, decided to focus on menstrual hygiene management as well. Because these are places that we we agree that the gap is worried. Mm-hmm. The gap is very worried. And there are literally or very little people addressing this course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are here addressing it, but they are very little. So more people still do not have ideas or access to these or programs and resources. So yeah, some are doing a meeting. People share challenges. And some of these challenges that uh, were shared are campus-based bullying both at the uh, universities mm-hmm. and high school because we have team members from high school and team members from university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Campus-based bullying and uh, discrimination. We have people sharing their challenges of social anxiety and isolation. We have mm-hmm. mental stress and uh, disorder. We have mental health education and lack of menstrual hygiene or uh, education resources and products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these so, are yeah, so these are challenges that make us to draft and shift our mission now to being to being not uh, specifically creating access to mm-hmm. or technical or career development programs, but then to uh, I uh, address education and health equity. Mm-hmm. So. Stephen, I am so glad that you shared that. This is so important for social entrepreneurs to 
understand. So first of all, the issues, if someone is not a social entrepreneur and they're listening to this episode, it is critical to understand that mental health is a huge gap as well as menstrual hygiene. People either don't know that mental health issues, they don't even know what they are. So many of them are stuck in their own prisons in their mind or held captive and they don't even realize that there's nothing wrong with them. There, There is something in them that can be, there's healing that can be had, but they just don't know it. And then yeah, also sure. menstrual hygiene. There are so many young women who are not able to go to school for a whole week of the the month. So they basically miss 25% or a quarter of the school year because they don't have access to materials to make it so that they can still function and be out in public. So those are important things for people to understand who aren't social entrepreneurs. But if you are social entrepreneurs, what Stephen shared is so important because you might start off with one thing, but then you realize that they are like what Steven said was that it was so expensive to get the materials for the skills training for adults. And there were a lot of nuances, a lot of barriers. So it wasn't that they stopped. They just shifted their focus because they had people, Steven, they had people in university and also in high school. They have people seeing the issues that are happening. And so they realized that there were some unmet needs and they shifted and used their their skills and their knowledge and they gained more knowledge so that they could address those needs. So it's important to understand in social enterprise, when you have a heart for people, sometimes there's a shift that takes place and it's perhaps because you're called to do something different. You're called to do something better or to use your skills in a different way. It's the path of least resistance. So, so Steven, thank you for sharing that because that is something that's really important for people to understand that it's not always what you start with. You're where you end up may be different and it's not because you're not focused on your goals or anything else. It's truly because God, the universe, everything is just, adjusted and shifted to make it so that you can operate in your giftings at an even greater level. Oh. And Stephen, you are operating in your giftings, my friend. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so Stephen, how do people find you? Where, if people want to connect with you yeah, and they want to you. learn about Wonder Liberia, how do they do that? Yeah, so Wonder Liberia, we currently do not have our website up. But then they can follow our social media and mm-hmm. uh, through our face, we have our our, our story I on uh, Facebook and the LinkedIn and our Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So they can follow our pictures there Great. as well. And they have reached out to you. Probably you can relate them to uh, Wanda Liberia. Great. Okay. So I will put all of Stevens. They are very active on social and have a really great presence. So I will have all of Stephen's links 
for Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn in the show notes. So if you want to connect with Stephen and maybe you want to ask him advice on things or connect with him or encourage him, perhaps if you are, if you've been in this for a little while and you've heard something that sparks something that maybe you want to share to encourage Stephen, please connect with him. So Stephen, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful to be able to chat with you today. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you. I mean, I feel so honored being here today. Great. Well, keep doing what you're doing and we will all be cheering for you. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You're good. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I hope you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. If you enjoyed what you heard, share it with a friend. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it here on your podcast player. Questions, comments, or feedback? Connect with me directly at trishabaileyphd.com or on social at trishabaileyphd. Now, you go and get back to making the world a better place. I'll see you back here soon.